I have a breaking news alert. As I was starting my countdown, my watch got an alert that said, alert tornado watch in Ottawa. So if I have to duck and cover, you guys continue without me. Wasn't there one yesterday? Like There was one in GTA yesterday. No, it was in Kingston yesterday. Oh, that's GTA for me. <laughs> Rob, you're an idiot. Thank you. Hello and welcome to another episode of Future Chat. I'm joined... We talked actually last week about how we wouldn't be joined by Nick, but we are joined by our senior contributor, Nick Maddox. Nick, how are you doing? I'm eating donuts. <laughs> I'm glad you, you snuck a reference into eating from the very beginning. So really all that means is I've now abdicated of any responsibility for editing out chewing sounds. Let me just, let me get right in there. All tweets and or emails should be sent to at NWA Maddox. Or if you know his email address. Also, I mean, I, I probably would have come in with a little more enthusiasm on that opening, but you know, yeah. you do you. Yeah. Once every three weeks or so. Exactly. So last week, we did not follow up at all on the worldwide developer conference that Apple had. And I feel very strongly, badly about that. Can you use two adverbs in a row? So Mike... You and I sat down for about an hour at the begin, the week before, at the end of the week before WWDC, I guess it was the beginning, to do a draft of stuff we were expecting to see or had heard we might see at WWDC. And what, pray tell, were the results of that draft? By your count, we talked. <laughs> By my count. I noticed it's been two weeks and you haven't actually, you haven't questioned any of mine or even mention the fact that we did a draft and I scored it. Well, I, I haven't finished watching the keynote and I have no intention of finishing watching it. But so I, you're I'm, just taking my word for it. I'm going to have to take your word for it. It, <laughs> it looks legit. I actually didn't even realize I got a point for the dual camera system thing. So mm -hmm. I'm, I'm not going to complain. Yeah, they opened up initially. Wait, you gave yourself a point for the visual refresh? Are you kidding me? Rob. Every app got a visual refresh and they mentioned the app store is a brand new design that everything else lined up with that is not the same as ios 11 visual refresh mike just because the watch, app store got if you watch the entire keynote you will agree with me i think if you want an impartial third opinion <laughs> you have one uh nick you're it's, never it's ever right gonna here. watch the keynote yeah no but i can make a judgment call what i don't think you can supreme but... court justices don't see the crime that happened they just hear about it and they make a decision but mike hasn't informed himself to make any I, arguments i also listened to the episode in full yeah i know and like in the middle of it i was i thought to myself wow it's really cool that they're so interested and passionate in this because like i can hear it in their voices i don't understand how they can be so passionate and interested in it mm -hmm. but it's neat that it can happen yeah also i take mike's side <laughs> mike so Congratulations. What's his argument? You won the WWDC draft. Thank you, Nick. I appreciate that. What uh, what Siri kit advances are you giving yourself point for as well? The new actions they have? The new actions. Yeah. They introduced two or three new actions. I was annoyed that it was so few, but all I said was I was, was going to say, like, wasn't, new actions. wasn't your point in the draft that it would be like something much more that you wanted? Something much more that I wanted, but 
my actual vote is Siri Kit advances with new actions. Not just that Siri got mm. better, but that there were new things that developers could use. So refresh my memory of what you're referring to with that. Like developers being able to, with different types of apps, being able to tie into Siri and get responses. Like what? Well, they like the main one that I'm thinking of that I that they showed on stage was reminders, but there there are several others. Okay, I'll I'll give you that. The visual refresh, though, that's that's a contentious point. Okay, but you didn't watch it. <laughs> if you watch it, I watched. Then, well, so what's yeah. your argument that they didn't introduce a visual refresh if you didn't watch it? See, now you're you're just using that as leverage. You're like, well, you didn't watch it, so you can't prove me wrong. No, but I'm saying that I watched it and there was mention of the visual refresh on stage. Of the app store, maybe not, but not the operating system. No, but and the entire, like the the operating system was redesigned and the app store got an overhaul as part of that. That's just you projecting that comment or reading between the lines. Look at how it is. This isn't a draft about how things are. This is a draft about what they say on stage. No, but you, if you go and look at the app store, it got a visual refresh and all the other apps got that same visual refresh. They, it's, I don't understand how you can separate those things. Nick, you can vouch for this, but during the episode where we drafted, we used the example saying they'd have to say, and in iOS 11, everything gets a visual refresh, not, hey, the app store looks different. And then be like, oh, that means iOS 11 got a visual refresh. That's not the same. I will go and find a pull quote. On this specific item, I've pulled up the quote I want. It's from former Major League Baseball player Oscar Gamble. They don't think it be like it is, but it do. (laughs) Mike, I think you lost the point on that one. (laughs) Rob just wanted a visual refresh. I think he gets gets that point. Two minutes ago, you just agreed with me. That was on something different, wasn't it? No, no. the same thing. Now, having heard the details of the visual refresh, I think I have to give it to Rob. I gave Sorry, Mike, you, you're tied. I gave you a pity point because, again, I'll have to listen to, the, to our draft episode, but I give you a point for Apple TV getting at least one new content provider partnership. And I, I feel like we agreed that Amazon didn't count because they actually pre-announced it before no but at the last i second, gave you the point at the last second we definitely said including amazon which is crazy because i'm going to give that one to mike and that's yeah, <laughs> i gave it to mike as well that's no less obvious than the apfs thing well before you said at the time you said wow good call on that one no that that was on the apple wallet the peer-to-peer too you said both no not on the apfs thing mm. the peer-to-peer payments i was actually very impressed that you got that hindsight's one. 2020 on that one the apfs the apfs thing that was an obvious thing <laughs> yeah the um the bigger free icloud storage thing is also maybe worth mentioning because while it's not there's no bigger free icloud storage there is now a bigger tier and you can share your icloud storage between people in a in an apple family so we That's both bizarre. picked it it doesn't it's not what either of us would get a point for but right yeah what a Still strange system good stuff what do you mean how is that being able to share cloud storage between family members i think it's awesome it's still not enough cloud storage no it's not it doesn't count as a point it. it's just interesting in that realm okay yeah yeah i would i think i was surprised that mac os didn't go to 11 mm-hmm. but it also kind of makes sense 
Yeah, I agreed with the logic of it. Like yeah. the, the reasoning that we never hear about, but that was theorized afterwards. Right. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, not wanting to be forced to be on a yearly cycle because iOS is on a yearly cycle makes perfect sense. Yeah. What, uh, what was the improved support for the dual camera system? I didn't get that far <laughs> into the keynote. Uh, developers have access to the depth information now mm. so they can do whatever they want. Like the, one of the things they showed was, um, you know, those apps that came out that let you do the fake bokeh, uh, but badly. No. When the, when the idea of fake depth of field was first kind of put into apps. Mm-hmm. No, I don't. Okay. Well, that was a thing and it worked okay in some cases, but not very well in others. In most cases, they so with this new developer access, you can like set filters to just apply to parts of an image that are at a certain depth, but it actually uses a, a visual depth map because there are two cameras. And so they showed off a couple different things you could do in terms of how you could apply a filter like that and make it actually make a good looking picture. But um, yeah, basically it was exactly what Jason theorized when he wrote it is support for how the two cameras can work together. And that's right. what, what there was. I like all of Mike's throwaway picks <laughs> that w- Apple would never do. <laughs> Looking back, it's like, oh, that would be cool if they did that, but they're just never going to. Also, okay, so they didn't do the Hey Siri for the Mac. That I still um, like. Like we said at the time, yeah. weird that it was not already included. Still weird <laughs> that it isn't included now. Uh, iTunes didn't get broken up. Uh, Apple Photos wasn't cross-platform. Yeah, That was the stretch one. Those are the four picks, yeah. Yeah. Um, Your health app for the Apple Watch, that was a bit too specific. Like, they still yeah. had the health focus, but it wasn't that, a new app. Yeah, that's too vague. I yeah. wouldn't have given myself credit to pick that. <laughs> yeah. I was actually surprised they didn't go anything with the photo syncing or sharing. Though they did yeah. allow for the metadata. The metadata, yeah. Shared. Yeah, for the face matching and that kind of thing. Yeah. Although I do like that metadata would rhyme. <laughs> still think it's meta. <laughs> Yeah, they, um, we did learn a few things at the talk show live where John Gruber interviewed two Apple executives about things like the, as opposed to something like Google, which will learn algorithmically, kind of like with face, with regards to metadata and photos, it'll learn algorithmically and then it'll apply those that learning to your entire library. The, the way the Apple Photos metadata syncing works is that it only takes... If you explicitly tag a photo as being X person, or if you explicitly make a tag, that specific information will get synced, that that photo is that person. But then any machine learning still only happens on each individual device. So it wouldn't it wouldn't learn that, say, this there's 35 photos in your library that are tagged from that face based on that one tag you made. And then apply that, that branch of learning to all the devices. It'll learn... It'll take that one photo you tagged, teach it, teach the photos on that one device that there are 35 photos of that person, and then transfer the metadata from that one photo you tagged to the other devices and do the same thing. So it's slightly more syncing than before, but still not a lot of actual data is synced between. It's mm. Information isn't assumed. It's kind of generated on the fly right. on each device so, still. Like they're still making Sorry. the devices do the work. Yeah. Like a lot. You're referring to Apple here? Yeah. Oh, okay. Google, yeah, takes anything it learns and applies it everywhere. Yeah. Fun note on Google, it started asking me, wait, which are these people? Yeah. Like it, 
And it's funny, but biometrics shouldn't change that much. But through the years, it started to recognize who I am. Mm. But it started to ask me who the the uh, sprite in Pokemon Go is. Yeah, me too. Because I have <laughs> I have a few screenshots, and it's like, who's this person? <laughs> um, we're we're about five years away from Nick. You look nice today, which I think we talked about in a past episode too. An algorithm thinking you look nice, although. I'm also, nope, it's gone. Too early. Not enough coffee. Sorry. It's okay. This week's Nick brought to you by a combination of Maxwell Host instant coffee in the rich dark roast flavor. <laughs> and also Kaya for moving me to a new apartment. Congratulations on that, yeah. by the way. Yep. And it's, it's nice that it's you got much your, nicer. your internet worked out too. Although I, I killed my pepper yesterday. I put it out on the big balcony. And it it was not ready for that amount of sunlight. <laughs> it it's gone after one day. I I thought I'd hardened it off, but it was hardened off in mostly shade. Huh. And I put it out for like an hour or two. And I went to see it, and it it's still green, but I think it's gonna die. Oh no! Aww. That seems fast. It seems like they should be able to survive an hour in sunlight. No, um, no, not when they're not ready for it. Huh. Um. I know you don't garden much or at all at ever. all. Um, but if you, if you raise plants inside without exposure to ultraviolet light, they, uh, they can't handle ultraviolet light hmm. unless they're exposed to it from like a lamp, either like being a seedling. Like if they are exposed, once they breach the surface of the soil, then it'll be fine. They'll figure it out. Right. But I think there's, I've heard it's like a waxy kind of coating that they build up to deal with ultraviolet light. And if they okay. don't have that, it just kills the poor little thing. Fair enough. Now that's... I won't have delicious peppers from that specific seedling. That's unfortunate. I'll see if I can sprout something and take advantage of the solstice, solstice warmth. Mm -hmm. So, And on that somber note... <laughs> overall, Mike, are you satisfied with this or do you... Are you still contesting officially the, um, which one were we talking about? Your visual refresh. Yeah, the visual refresh. That's the one. Are you still formally I, contesting it? So I have to go find a quote where it says visual refresh for the system. Because there definitely call, was one. We'll call that one half a point, but then your peer-to-peer -peer is worth like one and a half. <laughs> so it was a good call. So all I'm going to say is that unequivocally, there was a visual refresh in the system. What we're checking is that they said it because there right. absolutely was like without a question at all even like icons and everything like okay sure <laughs> anyway that's beside the point i'm i'm curious about what you think about the ipad developments i think that was a fairly anticipated move for apple to make was to make the ipad more uh desktop computer like at least in its usability and they yes. definitely took a step in that direction with some of the stuff they implemented like with the multitasking functionalities yeah uh, that made well, a lot of people happy yeah the multitasking i would say is of all the ipad improvements the least kind of groundbreaking or the least for, for a tablet but kind of mostly because things like samsung and i guess android in general have had that for a while the being able to move stuff around and have multiple windows on the same time 
it not it is more flexible now drag and drop i don't recall being an android thing no drag and drop isn't i'm saying multitasking multitasking having different windows open at the same time just from like being able to view two things at once yeah that's been a thing for a while yeah yeah that's what i'm saying multitasking is the least sure groundbreaking because right that ground has been mostly broken it's groundbreaking for ipad though uh it's more variable like you can you can do more with it and it's definitely better but they made evolutionary steps not revolutionary this time last year was the revolutionary where they enabled you to have split screen and they could you could slide an app over the top and now the apps behave much more like windows and you can move them around and you could if you wanted you could very easily like if you have two windows side by side by side you could actually switch their look their spots easily we don't have the like i was talking about in our draft episode you don't have the one window that's your main window and the other one's your secondary window they can now swap spots easily Mm. without anything breaking like it would have before if you tried to do something like that right but the between like i'm i've been using the first beta for two weeks now and while it's definitely very buggy and not at all complete yet even now what you can do is extremely powerful like, I don't know if you've seen some of the videos showing off, but currently in the desktop paradigm, which is the, the kind of the strongest way to do drag and drop and have multi-window support and all that, the most you can do is drag one thing at a time. Like you can only, you can select multiple items, but you can perform a drag from one spot to a second spot. But with iOS multitasking now on the iPad, you can actually go and say, you can go and select a photo add a few more photos to it. So now you have like four or five photos under one finger. You can go into a separate app, use a second finger and select a URL and then close that app, open a new app with it with your other hand. So now you have two things dragged, saved under your finger. You can go and open up, I don't know, a reminders list, copy a bunch of text from a reminders list with a third finger. So now you're holding three different <laughs> sets of content under three different fingers, go into a fourth app and then drop in any order, like one set of things, two set of things, three set of things. How do you selectively pick what things you're dropping? By letting go with your finger. How does it know it is back in the same order? Like, because all these things are under one one finger though. Oh, no, they're all under three separate fingers. Okay, gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So you can do that for as many fingers as you have. You can, like the people have tried to stretch it out. And right now it only, it only really works through a few select apps, through a few select types, like mostly Apple's apps, because things like setting up things, like having the ability to drag stuff across apps, you, a developers will need to set up, but just seeing what it's capable of. And like they did a, a demo with Adobe setting up a bunch of different, a, a bunch of their apps to use, take advantage of these features. Like you can move brushes and you can move like color palettes across apps with adobe just by setting up a few extra lines of code like it's it's really really cool and powerful stuff and i it will make things much much easier moving forward i I noticed the wordpress app which i use to like our our website runs on wordpress one of the things they enabled in the most recent update is being able to upload media directly to your media library through ios which seems like it should have been like it would have been very easy to do that in isolation before but with drag and drop you'll now be able to take advantage of all kinds like you can you could control your entire media library through like through a web browser and the wordpress app like you could do anything you wanted the the possibilities are literally more than i can think about and i've had it for two weeks already like i 
I can't imagine what developers are going to be able to do that we can't even right. envision yet. It's going to be cool. I was listening to Download, and mm. they're talking about the new, was it Files, the Files app? Yeah. And how they have a tab for like your device, like yeah. or a, a thing for your device. And Jason mm-hmm. was like, where does that go though? Like what folder is that? <laughs> and it's funny because it's like on Android, like I'm so used to just saving things directly onto my device. Like it has its yeah. own just root folder structure, right? Yeah. But it was funny. It's like, oh, I don't know. We'll have to see. Like it's not that uh, like crazy of a concept to have things stored on your device locally. Like it's just, right. it will have a folder somewhere and they're saying whatever. Like, I don't know. Yeah. We had iCloud Drive before, but it was an explicit cloud storage right. like any other, like send to Google Drive or send to OneDrive. Yeah. Interestingly, that Files app will also have tie-ins to, so you'll be able to manipulate cloud files on the system natively as opposed to having to go to cloud storage to get files and bring them in and then deal with them and then send them to another provider or send them to a website or whatever. You'll be able to actually go in and manually do it. And I'm I'm also super excited to be able to do that. It's not, again, like this is early beta, so not everything is put in. So all you have access to is iCloud Drive, but I've already used it several times now to like I'm actually using iCloud Drive for the first time. I I never saw any value in it whatsoever before other than saving app data, but. Well, you just bought more storage too, right? I bought more storage because they didn't give us more free storage. Right. And it's only 99 cents a month for 50 gigabytes. So it's like, now I can have my devices backed up and I can have extra storage for stuff. So it just, it was the fact that I didn't really use it before that made me not feel like I needed to, but now, especially running betas, I want to have backups of stuff because mm-hmm. it's always really annoying. I've already had to um, fix my iPad once because it just crapped out and wouldn't reboot properly. This is somewhat unrelated or semi-tangentially related that Google Drive announced that they mm-hmm. were going to start allowing people to have essentially full backups of a computer yep. as their Google Drive folder structure. Yep. Uh which is kind of how I already use Google Drive. Like I, <laughs> well, I save everything in my Google Drive folder and exactly. then have all my computer subfolders in that Google Drive folder. So yeah. I probably wouldn't necessarily switch over to doing, like I, I kind of like having a separate Google Drive folder to know what stuff is being synced instead mm-hmm. of having to sp- select which ones I want to sync and then have to remember to add new folders if I want to sync it. Um. But I think for someone who, say, bought like a terabyte of Google Drive storage just wants kind of not having to think about what's being backed up and what's not, then you can just point your backup to the entire, like, I don't know if you can point it to the entire C drive or whatever, but uh, you, can, you can, in essence, just treat it the same way you would like Backblaze, where you just, wait anything that you have on your computer would get backed up. Well, the way that this backup and sync or whatever it is going to be called from Drive the way it works is it actually, it, it works like Backblaze. You set it up and it will just back everything on your hard drive up. Well, you still have to select. I, I didn't understand exactly from the article I read on it, but it looks similar to how it works now where you can choose certain folders within the drive folder to back up or not back up when you have like the client running on your PC. You should read the actual... But, post because that that you can already do 
No, I know, but now you don't have to have it within the actual drive folder because you have to create a drive folder and like point it on your computer saying this is going to be... Yeah. That like it has sets up a drive folder and then you throw stuff in there. And then once it's in there, you can choose whether to back it up or not, like sync it to your, your cloud storage. But what I understood with this is that now you don't need a dedicated drive folder. You just tell your client which folders on your computer you want backed up. Right. And by default, but, it's all of them. So if I create a new folder, will that automatically get backed yes. up? That's what, that's what I don't know. I wasn't, that wasn't I, clear from it what is. I read. That's okay. It's going to be very much like Backblaze. I'm not sure how they'll do. Like I, I've said from the one time that I had to recover my hard drive from Backblaze, it's not ideal because it only does one-way kind of bulk syncing of data from your computer to their mm-hmm. servers. You can't go and download the entire contents of your hard drive or say like, I want to resync all my Backblaze stuff to this hard drive. You have to download it in zip things or have them send you a new drive. But with Google Drive, they could very I could very easily see them using the same Google Drive model where you would say, I got a new computer, make my hard drive structure like the one on my old computer that was bagged up. Mm-hmm. Like and a restore functionality kind of thing. Yeah. So as opposed right. to saying, I want these f- this folder backed up and subfolders inside of it and having everything else by default not be backed up, it's the opposite where you'd have everything is backed up and you can selectively say, I don't want this folder backed up. Right. Which, in my view, is much better as a backup system. I agree. It's funny. I was reading this thing on uh, on Reddit the other day, one of those tales from tech support posts, mm. and someone had talked to this IT guy and said, "Oh, you know, like I'm trying to recover my data, whatever." And it's like, "Okay, like, do you have a backup?" It's like, "Oh, yeah, it's on." It's like, "Oh, that's well, that's what's failed. It's like this external drive." Mm. And it's like, okay, well, like, is it still on, like, your main drive in the computer? And it's like, oh, no, I was told just to have it on the external drive. And it's like, what do you mean? It's like, oh, no, I talked to whoever, and they said, like, oh, make sure that you save all your stuff on an external drive. So their right. their main computer drive was empty, except for the operating system, but any files yeah. and stuff were on this external drive. Yeah. So she oh. misunderstood the idea of backing up onto an external drive. Like, she mm-hmm. thought, man just solely keep everything on the external drive. Don't have right. it on the main drive, which is like the worst and worst advice because external drives are so yeah. vulnerable to corrupting. I don't know whatever. if it's the worst advice. That's it's pretty bad advice. advice. But well, she misunderstood. Well, that's the point is that she misunderstood yeah. the advice because the guy probably said, oh, make sure you save yeah. everything on the external drive or mm-hmm. on an external drive, not save it on the main Only drive and an external drive backed up. Yeah. So, but yeah, if you have the cloud storage, you don't have to worry about that. Right. It's just, it's there. For now, until there's some major outage and right. all the stuff gets lost by a major provider. Now, now, what happens if it rains? Does that <laughs> does that affect the cloud storage? <laughs> you have to catch what about data. a thunderstorm? <laughs> I uh, cloud to cloud lightning accounts for most of the lightning that occurs, and uh, I'm just curious as to how that affects the cloud storage. You've got to stand outside with a bucket and catch the data that's falling out. <laughs> oh, God. Well, that's a lot of work. I don't think I should be paying the Google to, to store my data if I have to go and collect it every time it rains. What if I'm not home to collect it? Then do you stick a, a USB stick in the bucket of data? How, how, how does this work? <laughs> oh, yes, and we're done? No. Okay. <laughs> I really like your old man, Nick. Well, I had fun. 
Yeah. So for people who haven't been keeping up with this, June 28th is when this rollout starts, which is way faster than I expected when they announced it. And apparently it just replaces the new the Google Drive app and it also replaces the Google Photos uploader. So it'll all kind of be one utility now. Oh, nice. I'll be good. Yeah. I think you have to opt in if you're on a Google admin or I guess they call it G Suite now um, plan. So I'll, I've tried, I've done everything I think I can to opt in currently. So the, on the 28th, it comes out, but I'm, I'm very excited and I'm probably going to be turning this on and might be upgrading my storage. I still, I still don't really know how I want to do this because I'm intrigued by OneDrive because it works really well with especially Windows, but with other stuff as well. You can up, back up your entire computer. Now Google Drive is getting better. Now iCloud storage is being able to be more easily shared and you can get two terabytes for $10. It, they're all competing very strongly for my heart. It's the free market for you. Yeah. that is. I think that is actually a really good example of a genuinely free market, unlike many examples which are not in fact free markets yeah it seems that way at this point though you can get rid of backblaze right once you switch well not over n- to now but in no, theory but, yes yeah i'm still not sure that i would well first of all i signed up for a two-year plan to get a reduced rate so i've already paid for it like whatever two dollars a month it was because i signed up for such a long time with a discount um but i so i'll keep it for that term definitely but after that I still like the the idea of offsite. If I need a hard drive with my data on it, FedEx to me, like overnighted to have that option. Is it overnighted in Canada? I thought that was just US. Well, it might be like two days, but it's like expedited shipping mm-hmm. that you pay for with along with a drive, which the cost of the drive is refunded if you return it, return it within 30 days at, at your own cost. Yeah. yeah. Which makes, I would probably just keep the drive. Cause that's that's what I mean. Like- yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So on the topic, was there anything else you wanted to talk, Mike, about with regards to WWDC? Because my most of my stuff was about iOS and like the iPad advances we talked about. Yeah, I think, well, they did the Siri speaker as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess we hadn't talked about that yet. And that was, again, a fairly expected announcement. Uh, I thought it was interesting how it turned out to be a Sonos competitor instead of a Google well, Home Echo competitor. Uh, uh, don't it, uh, more me. than Sonos, but not much more. That the angle they're taking is yeah for the Sonos market. They're not they're not trying to compete with Home and Echo. Like they are, but they're not. Yeah. yeah every you, time they want to announce a product that does more than one thing that their competitors do, but all in the same product, you know that it's going to be more expensive than any of those products individually at least quite a bit less than the sum of each of those individual products. So what they did when they announced the HomePod, because you're not going to watch the rest of the keynote, is they said you're like a typical hi-fi speaker like Sonos is about $300 or 350 And the typical voice assistant is somewhere in the $100 to $150 range. As they said, you could expect to pay, like this is infomercial time, you could expect to pay around $500 for this device and we're making ours only $350. Like they right. undercut by building up. But if they just said it's $350, a lot right. of people would go, wow, that's really expensive. Like they do no, with the, the AirPods. That, that's exactly what I'm saying. You'd have to yeah. already be in the market for a Sonos or yeah. just high quality speaker already. Exactly. To, if you're considering this as a comparative purchase. Yeah. Um, 
And then there's speculation like other, I guess you could call them pundits or just enthusiasts have been kind of speculating that the next generation will see possibly like a economic version of the series speaker. Maybe. Maybe. If they yeah. feel that they want to compete more with the Google Home or the Echo market. Uh, yeah. Though there's arguments to be made for say that they're trying to stay in that upper tier and not like that they've historically done that like yeah. with tablets and with phones. So why would they do any different with when it comes to this kind of thing? Yeah. Um, but yeah, like they're definitely advertising the sound aspect. Like they really didn't say much about how well it picks up your voice. They didn't say anything about how well it responds to your questions to it from an AI standpoint. Like they said that Siri will answer music questions. Like it's got, I guess, a fairly expansive knowledge graph on yeah. on music related type info. Yeah. Uh, but it's it's really weird. Like it's in between being like a home assistant and being like a good speaker slash music player. Right. Which like is in terms fine. Of, like yeah. In terms of standalone speakers it's very good like in terms of like mono audio source its intelligence does make it pretty competitive in that market but it remains to be seen how many people are going to pay 350 dollars for something that mostly just does music and Mm -hmm. might be able to respond and like set timers or make reminders or whatever like all these basic siri functionalities for like first party apps yeah you're not gonna be able to call an uber on your home pod because from what i've heard it doesn't even have bluetooth so you can't even hook up like another device to so route far. audio through it. I think it will have Bluetooth by the end for, for iOS devices. I hope least. it would at least. What do you mean for yeah. at least? No, for any device. That's what I'm trying to say. Is well, no, okay. You should be able to hook up like a computer or a phone or whatever, regardless of the platform and play music mm, through it if you're paying that maybe. much for it. They're probably not going to, but I'm saying that I'd hope that it should, would. I think you'll be able to Bluetooth, like you'll be able to connect it to your iPhone to be able to play music from other sources, like Spotify or whatever, if you have an iPhone hooked up to it. And it, the protocol it will use will be Bluetooth, but they'll probably just use AirPlay too. Like they'll probably just use their proprietary stuff that happens to connect over Bluetooth. I don't think you'll be able to pair an Android device with it. But they already said that it's only going to play Apple Music stuff. That, well, the HomePod itself in isolation will only play Apple Music, but if you connect it through air like if you airplay to it through your phone you'll be able oh, to play well, you're talking yeah you're talking airplay and i'm i'm just saying like just j- basic bluetooth connectivity right. to just a generic just whatever random device yeah i don't think it'll have that right whether that's so, a loss that, that, or not I, I don't think that makes it a compelling purchase well it doesn't to you and i wouldn't expect it to be a compelling yeah. purchase for you anyways and it's not a compelling purchase for me but even for someone who's going to stick this in their kitchen or the living room and want it to be like a flexible uh device just for someone like to come in and be able to play something on it if you have to like a have airplay functionality it only plays apple music potentially but yeah if what you're saying is ends up being the case that you can airplay anything to it just route audio to it through airplay then that's fine i guess but again yeah it doesn't it doesn't make it a very uh a very compelling purchase for i for me i don't think they're trying with this product to get customers that aren't already customers of apple i don't think they're trying to get right. new customers that this is their first apple device right and and i think that kind of plays back into the idea that they're not trying to compete with the echo and the home right not they not to, to say that sonos but not with the echo. right yeah not so to far. say not to say that uh 
the Echo and the Home are expanding much outside of their existing demographic that have invested in yeah. the products already, right? I think that's yeah. kind of been the case already, that if you're fairly deep into Google, you'll most likely get the Google Home. If you're not, then maybe you'll go with the Echo. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we'll, we'll see how this turns out and what the, the second gen, if we see a second gen, what it brings. Yeah. Or or what additional functionality is uh is revealed come September. Yep. Totally agree. Well, come September you mean come December. Well, if if they may announce something in September for the the series speaker, yeah, December when it's released so anyway. All I would say on that is if they were going to announce something in September for the HomePod, why would they announce it in June and then say we'll have it for sale at the end of the year? Like, why would so they that, have a, an event in the fall, like after the iPhone event in the fall and say, we're shipping on this date and here's all the stuff it can do now that we're, now that it's a fully baked product. So that people don't buy the first or possibly second gen Echo or Home in the meantime, while they're waiting to see if Apple even does anything in this space. Because that, that that's what you kept hearing is that people anticipated that at WWDC, you'd hear something about a speaker. So that if someone's considering getting a home assistant, they're saying, you know, hang tight, wait till, till we see WWDC. Hmm. But if they didn't announce anything, it's like, okay, I guess I'll buy an Echo. Like, So you think they would pre-announce it twice in the matter of like I'm not saying months. they pre-announce it. I'm just saying that they'll announce, they announce at WWDC so that people expect it. And then possibly in September they'll tie something into like, say, like you said, with a phone about airplane, right? And they'll say, oh, and you can airplay to the Siri speaker. Once it's out in December. Once it's out in December. But they wouldn't be talking about the HomePod then. No, they just kind of hint at additional features or functionality of the speaker. Maybe. Possibly. Like as it relates to the products they're announcing in September. Right. Yeah, I could see that. We'll save that for the draft. (laughs) So was there anything else on WWDC or should we let Nick get his very belated follow-up? Very important, but very belated. Let's move to our our, uh, space follow-up. Actually, I thought of something else I could talk about too. (laughs) Sure. If if you feel it's more important. You know how every so often my connectivity just really seems to drop down and I just got uh, like that? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, no, we're all familiar. So the Shaw Tech comes in yesterday and looks at my setup because I guess they do that. I thought when the internet came on, that was just it and I was happy. But no, they're like, no, no, we'll, we'll get a tech to come out and look at it. It's like, I mean, there's a cable in the wall and a plug in the wall. I don't know what could be improved upon, but <laughs> sure. Okay. So the guy comes in. Looks at the setup and goes, "Oh, that's a, it's a bad cable. The good thing I came by. It's like this is the cable that came with the modem a year ago." And he's like, "No, we'll upgrade it to this one that I have in my hand here." And I was like, "Yeah, like is the is it not good?" Or he's like, "Uh, that one's, it's it tends to drop the signal signal a lot." I was like. Interesting. <laughs> Very interesting. So look for future chat to improve on my end. So he you could tell look, just by looking at the cable? Like the one he It's probably the brand, put, right? I don't know, but the one he put in is noticeably thicker. Huh. So was it not like a Cat 5e cable that you had originally? It's a coax cable. Oh, what? Coax into your 
Modem? Cable. Modem. Cable internet. Oh, wait. Into the modem. Okay. So this isn't fiber. No. Okay. Most no. fiber is fiber to the home, and at least currently. You get fiber all the way up to your home, and then once you're in the home, it's cable. Mine's mine's not coax. What is it's, it? It's it's not it's not a cat it's not a cat cable though. like to the modem. Yeah. Well, your your new build probably means you have newer infrastructure. Like there are different types of fiber setups depending on how right. old the actual buildings are, and so if they're retrofitted to have fiber, they usually go coax into the house. But if yours is newer, then you could have fiber. Right actually hooked up into your house right and it might be different nick being in a apartment yeah where the wiring is different possibly between the units that's entirely possible yeah also mm-hmm. one other thing been looking up some stuff and uh i thought when i got to edmonton that the the roundabouts were weird they're weird <laughs> how so have you ever seen a traffic light inside a traffic circle or a roundabout no no, because that defeats the purpose. Why would you have that? Why would that ever be a thing that you do? <laughs> to avoid left turns, I guess. It just, the entire traffic, sir, or the entire thing comes to a dead halt, which is exactly the thing that a traffic circle is supposed to solve. That's weird. Yes. Yes, it is. Also, they have this thing where, like, if, you, if you're looking to turn or go straight through or go left... They want you to go into the inside lane. It's a two-lane roundabout. Mm-hmm. They want you to go into the inside lane and then exit to the leftmost lane of the straight through yeah. or left, which is not how they work anywhere else in the entire world. Right. Okay, so th- we have one in the adjacent neighborhood to us that yeah. works the same way, that if you're going to go straight or left, you want to be on the inside lane. But if you're just turning right, then you see in the outside lane. But I never understood how you're supposed to exit the circle from the inside lane. Like that sounds like a recipe for getting T-boned. Yeah, yeah. Because you have people in the rightmost lane that might be wanting to carry through. Right. But you're supposed to just like swing on past. Yeah. What a roundabout is supposed to do is you enter into the outermost lane and use the, the inside lane as a passing lane if need be. That's my understanding anyway. That's right. how it works everywhere else in the entire world, but not right. here. Right. So uh, that always seemed weird to me. This is only traffic circle I've ever really encountered. That wasn't just a simple one lane roundabout, which is straightforward. But yeah, the two lane ones, this is the only one I've ever seen. And it's, it's asking you to go into the inside lane if you're going to go straight or left. It's like, okay, so now I'm going to like try to yeah, cut off these cars that are in the right hand lane. Like that doesn't make any sense. You just have to, like, wait until it's completely clear, I guess, to go. Right. (sighs) That sounds sounds so weird. Like, that's not actually a roundabout. It kind of maybe looks like one, but it's not in principle. Yeah. So, I finally found something about Alberta that just drives me up the wall. (laughs) It's a matter of time. Clearly. (laughs) So, do you want to tell us what's now known about this? I mean, it is follow-up from... 1977 but it is very important yeah no anyone familiar with the wow signal will have already heard about this a long time ago but like we said a long time ago specifically 1977 um they were was it seti that was doing it yeah yeah the search for extraterrestrial intelligence was listening on various frequencies i imagine and they just got a super 
loud signal all of a sudden. So where where all their other signals are usually in the one to four range, they got a high of Q and it's known as the wow signal because someone literally circled that spot and wrote wow next to it. It's a high of U or do, does Race, this yes. alphabet work the same way where a U just no, has to it, follow it a Q does. but it doesn't, doesn't mean just, anything. It's early. <laughs> So he actually circled it and in red pen wrote, wrote wow next to it. Mm-hmm. But it turns out that can be explained by a comet because a comet came nearby not long ago and someone measured on the same frequency and it generated similar signals. So not aliens. Again, that is my story. <laughs> so the idea being that this was the same comet that. Uh, yes, I think, I think so. That's, they waited for it the, to swing around again. Yeah. Yep, orbits every seven years or so. Yeah. So it came by. And, and then it also notes that the comet would only, it was only discovered in 2006, so it wasn't considered as a possibility of the source of that signal initially. So. <sighs> Apparently these are the characters. I just went and looked because I was curious. Um, it's, a, it's a unitless signal-to-noise ratio with each character like first going through 0 through 9 and then up through the alphabet in order. Uh, each is a multiple of signal to noise. So U being between 30 to 31 times higher than the Guys, I might have some breaking news. Just hold on. I'm actually going to cut you off and talk elsewhere. Is it about the wow signal? I'm, <laughs> I'm cutting you off. Okay. <laughs> so, so while we stand by waiting for this breaking news, uh, why don't you finish explaining this signal to noise ratio? I do like how he had to cut me off. I, th- I was like, oh, you're going to interrupt us with... But no, he's just leaving. Um, yeah, so each character is an extra multiple of intensity over the background noise. And so this was 30 times stronger at its peak than than the background noise, which, like, right. that's substantial. And it was over... So it's a, sorry? It's a linear scale then, not yes. logarithmic. Yeah, I was thinking it might have been exponential, but... Right. The signal, yeah, it peaked, like, I think they measure every 12 seconds or 10 to 12 seconds or so, and it, it peaked. Guys, guys. Oh, no. Now that oh I've gosh. finally hit the button, and it recognized that I was hitting the button to re-enable the microphone, we have some breaking Pokemon Go news oh. from the field. Our gym's As down. yet unverified. A friend in Calgary claims to have caught a Mr. Mime. We're awaiting updates on uh whether it was a hatch or a wild catch but she's not been to europe recently has she spoofed recently (laughs) now i don't mean to disparage this person but she doesn't strike me as the type to have the technical know-how to spoof i think you're overestimating the amount of technical know-how required to spoof no so we could have we could have news on regionals are you, no are you sure this all. is not a jinx that she caught? <laughs> Given that she lives in Calgary, I'm pretty sure she knows what a jinx looks like. <laughs> so okay. I just got word from my research team that this tornado warning I mentioned at the start of the episode <laughs> is apparently a thing. And I am being asked by my staff to leave early if possible. And I'm going to take them up on that offer. Not that there's necessarily any touchdown or anything, but that we're going to get moving on our day's plans earlier than scheduled. I was going to say, yeah, right. It's, um, 
it's an awful long time to get all the way down to the basement i don't i don't know if you should well no we don't we don't have a basement in our condo so the lowest we could go is the second floor of the oh. <laughs> yeah you better you better get down to that second floor mm-hmm. could be so could be Nick, perilous. coming back coming back to this mr mime news so yeah. what Just i'm get, saying get, is that you guys can finish the show but i'm gonna go and deal with this Rob, are you going to collect a bunch of silver balls and drive out? No, I'm not going to chase throw the them. Throw them into the tornado for science. <laughs> no. Not like connected or anything, just silver balls just whoosh. <laughs> wow, look, it's picking them up. <laughs> so, I'm going to because I'm in charge of the broadcast, I'm going to end it, but you guys are welcome to continue as long as you We got a breaking weather update. This is a tornado warning for the Ottawa area. Anyone in and around the Ottawa Gatineau region should, should do their shopping now. <laughs> All right. I'll, I'll see you guys later. Okay. Goodbye, Rob. So. Well, that was sudden. I guess, I guess we'll find out if Rob made it next week or if he got sucked up into the <laughs> i mean vortex. given that he edits and uploads the episode we should find out sooner than that gets around to next sunday and the episode hasn't gone up it's like oh god oh god he's dead i can't believe the last thing i said to him was mocking him <laughs> uh, so anyway back to this mr mom thing i am actually very intrigued by this because i've i've seen a lot of fake claims about this so, now that we're talking about Pokemon Go, we may as well uh, bring up the the gym, the gym situation. Oh my god, the gym rework and this Solstice event is great. I have enough for Typhlosion. I'm I don't have enough for Houndoom, which is sad because that was what? one of my that was How one of my favorites for coming. Houndoom? In. Because I'm not playing a lot lately. Do you even Pokewalk, Nick? No, I actually don't <laughs> like recently. <laughs> Like, work is too far away from everything to actually go anywhere to play Pokemon. There's, like, one trail loop around a lake that I could go to with one Pokestop, but right. that's it. I guess that's and in the mornings, I'm downtown, usually trying to... Downtown no, this, privilege. It's way it's past the Henday Ring Road. Mm-hmm. And, it's, yeah, no, that's... Yeah, so I've got a good, a good, great IV high-level Houndour. I've got some good IV Cyndaquil, but low level, and a bunch of almost maxed out crappy Cyndaquil, but enough for Typhlosion. Uh, farm some more Growlithe, so we've got some good IV Growlithe. What else? Well, Ponyta, like, who cares? I still have my perfect Ponyta and my perfect Ninetales, both with severely lackluster movesets. Right. And... Yeah, I've been farming the Ponyta and Vulpix candy just in case we can re-roll but I have no intention of evolving anymore I yeah so like almost every time I pick up a Vulpix or a rap, or a Ponyta I always think to myself do I want to keep this and re-roll the move or do I just want to accept that I'm never going to get a better Ponyta or Vulpix as far as your friend like is she able to do a screenshot of the location like at the bottom like Ooh, that's all i need like good question so nick what are you hoping for with the gym rework 
I don't even know. Like Okay, top top three list. Top three. Oh, are we doing a draft? Um I would love to see this is way out there, but some some work such that you don't have the stagnant stagnant like gym shaving kind of system as you do now. Like I would still love to see first in, last out as a model. Okay. So that's your, so, that's your so first So the thing. king defender would be the longest serving defender. The, the first defender would be the longest serving defender, you mean? Because a king defender isn't necessarily the first, unless you mean I'm to saying in- I would like for the oldest defender to right. be the to- in the top spot. Right. Then you could just, I mean, Steelix could have a purpose. Umbreon mm-hmm. could have a purpose. Right. Wigglytuff could have a purpose. Okay. So there's that. What about two and three? Or do you have a two and three for your... I think the raid issues? idea sounds really cool. Um, like being able to announce that I'm attacking this gym. If anyone's nearby and available, please come on out. Right. I mean, that causes problems for like the group attacking mechanic that the game has currently. But I don't know. It could be fun. And if we're doing a throwaway... I think it would be fun to have Team Rocket periodically take over gyms. You show just up with your kind of psychic type to just rip through the poison and normal stuff. I guess they usually have. So the idea being that Team Rocket would fill the gym with other defenders to take down. To, to yeah, attack. just like yeah. an agent of chaos to, especially right. if you do have those stagnant gyms, just bust it down. Right. So how about you, Mike? What, what I'll, do you I'll think? Give I'll give my three and then I'll address what you're talking about. So my first one is to get rid of bubble stratting. Really? Yes. Bubble stratting is the worst. So we're saying like bubble, Magikarp, Ghastly, like Just any sort strats. of any sort of low to non resource building of gyms in short amount of time. Okay. Using low level defenders and attackers to exploit the prestige formula. Sure. So, yeah, that needs to be killed. Because right now we have... So just for some context, in our areas, there's a good number of gyms that are usually hotly contested. But what happens is our team will go build up a gym, prestige it up, fill it up, whatever, over the course of a day or two. Gets up to a high level, then it gets taken down by one guy with two phones. Is attacking and tearing down the gym with two phones. Throws in an alt account bubble defender uses two phones to prestige it up, fills up the gym with his teammates' accounts by logging into their accounts and filling that same gym, and then shaving the bubble defender and throwing in his own defender to top it off at 10. And this is all in the span of 15 to 20 minutes or however long that takes. That's aggravating. That is the worst. So if they can fix the system to prevent any or all of those methods of taking down and building up a gym, then I would be happy. Um, What else? Oh yeah, so gym shaving. I think they just need to take away the incentive or ability to shave gyms. So whether it's through reducing stagnation, the way that you're describing, to allow people to contribute and get rewarded for supporting existing level 10 gyms or high top level gyms, however you want to uh call it i don't know what the new gym system is going to to bring that looks like france it's london well that's not exciting 
I know. This is... Well, at least she's Our not spoofing. staff did not know that she was in the in the UK. <laughs> that that does change the story quite a bit. Yeah, it's not interesting. No. Congrats to her, though. Good for her, though. She has a Mr. Mime. Yeah. That's, that's exciting for her. <laughs> I wonder if she was like, why are you freaking out, Nick? Like... <laughs> Yeah, probably. <laughs> Mr. Mimes are like rats here. <laughs> and then meanwhile, I see people coming to Canada being like, oh, I, I want to get a Taurus. Where's a good place? It's like, yeah, Taurus isn't here anymore. It's gone. Yeah, they're just not around. I, I noticed that even before I came to Edmonton. Like they For a while, they were like everywhere. Yeah. Although I feel like Calgary of all places with the Stampede should be just loaded with Taurus. Oh, Man, like during the Stampede? Well, with the Stampede Grounds there. I think the Stampede right. Grounds should just always have Tauros. Like a Tauros nest, yeah. Yeah. Or a head smashed in buffalo jump <laughs> should be a yeah. Tauros nest. <laughs> Man, thought there was some breaking regional news. That's upsetting. I was all ready to post on Silk Road. <laughs> uh, that's a good call, yeah. Oh, well. Yeah. Anyway, that's, so. that's why I'm hoping for the rework is basically just... Make it a more positive place and yeah, have and people want to defend gyms, I think. Yeah. And ultimately, like, what I want out of first in, last out is just so that you don't have that incentive to do the shaving and, like, right. anti-cooperative measures. Because that's also, just aggravating. It also disincentivizes people from building up a gym, though, when you know that you're going to be the first out uh, if it gets attacked, right? You want to get in, though. But say go like who would take it from level seven to eight or eight to nine or nine to ten right like those are the three levels that I would that don't I get would both. to get it in. Maybe you're just a bad teammate. No, I'm not talking about me specifically, Nick. I'm okay because my my right, gyms we... my gyms don't get shaved, and generally, if they get taken down, they get taken down all at once. But hmm. I guess I'm just I'm thinking about other teammates because I deal like when you build up a gym you rely on other people to be get jumping in right yeah, yeah. that so is when, true so when we get a gym up to seven or eight it's like okay sweet like this looks like a strong gym it will encourage other people to to build it up and get in too right but if it's the first in last out like that's not gonna work because people aren't gonna want to get into those high level gyms that's fair could I also ask that Sprout McGee have the best move set again. <laughs> Because I feel like that's fair. Because Razor Leaf was always way better than Vine Whip. Like, for a, I think it's a 10% accuracy drop, you get 20 more PP and a much more powerful move. Outrageous. I've got a Razor Leaf, Leaf Blade, uh, Victory Bell. How are you liking that? It's amazing. Leaf Blade is really good. Is it two bar or three bar now? That one is, I couldn't tell you actually. Good question. I want to say two bar. Okay. I I've used Leaf Blade. I have some weeping bells with Leaf Blade that I use as prestigers. I'm eh. I'm eh on it. Really? Yeah. I oh, mean, it's three bar. Three bar seventy. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. Although I mean, Solar Beam is just so powerful. Like Petal Blizzard was good when it was night. It was a ninety power move in two bars because that was just oh it's like dynamic punch now it's just it's great right but alas so yeah jim's going down on the 19th we'll uh we'll see what happens i guess are you what 
are you are you planning on just hitting hitting your local gyms like as soon as it happens uh i guess like well we'll see we'll see what the system even looks like like at this point it's anyone's guess they're either going to keep it very similar to how it is but change the knocking out prestiging mechanics oh and i'm sorry what i want most of all is an end to the dodge glitch in the death loop well that that goes without saying does it i mean i hope (laughs) you'd like to think it does yeah uh but like i don't know for all we know they might just change the entire concept of what we consider a gym to be like you don't know right be so cool yeah i think it will be be cool if you had another like a lure module but something to turn it into a poke center so your fainted pokemon could be revived that'd be cool right that only your team could use oh that'd be great oh man if your friendly gyms were poke centers yeah that's actually an even better idea so much potential yeah but you'd have to leave your pokemon there and it would take however long for them like say say the same 21 hour period you'd have to leave them there and then they could return to you fully healed Ooh. revived and fully healed instead that's of that's interesting because then oh that'd be okay because like I could leave my prestige prestigers there. Yeah, but exactly. For my like for my powerful stuff, yeah, you just yeah. want to use revives on them. Yeah. Interesting. I like it. Yeah. And maybe have a same max amount you can have. Again, same as you can max amount you have in a gym, right? Yeah. So you can't throw a hundred procedures in there. <laughs> that'd be great. <laughs> I mean, that'd be though. great. Yeah. <laughs> can you imagine? Yeah. So I guess I guess our next episode. I will not be here for the next episode, but episode, yeah, you guys just have a, have a special. Yeah. An hopefully by the next special. one, hopefully the next one, the gyms will be back up. I don't know how long this downtime is going to be, but God, I hope so. I really want to do something fun. Cause I imagine they're, I wonder <sighs> if they'll be doing some like alpha testing on their own end once they, once they set, take the gyms down and then fire them back up, but only let, like Niantic people test them. Uh, I could see that just in the real world environment. Cause they can do it on their closed test environment, but you don't know how they're going to behave once they're trying to work with the server load that they have. Right. Yeah. With like that many people. Right. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Is there anything else you wanted to talk about? Oh wait, you had the heart out at 10, didn't you? Yes. Okay. I suppose that about wraps it up. I think so. So uh, that's our show for this week. You can head over to unwindmedia.com slash future chat for past episodes. And we'll see you all next week. Ciao. Thank you so much for listening. Toodaloo.